Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to spend with me today. Today is episode 10 of season 1, and so it's just amazing uh, all the outpouring of love and encouragement that, that I've received from doing this podcast, and I thank you so much for subscribing for listening, for liking, for sharing. I'm just very, very grateful for this opportunity. And I hope that in some way these episodes have helped you uh, to weather the different storms that you face in life. Today we want to discuss the reality of injustice as a storm that we face. Injustice is defined as a lack of fairness, prejudice, or discrimination. We think of racial injustice something that has plagued our country for far too long, that people judge someone's character uh, by the color of their skin. You know, prejudice, think about the word, it is to prejudge. It is to go ahead and determine someone, uh, their character, by the color of their skin, and that is certainly uh, inappropriate. That is wrong to the core. You know, we grow up singing the song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. But as we grow older, it seems like we forget that. But if we remember what the Bible teaches on that, uh, that Jesus died for every man, Hebrews 2.9, and that God shows no partiality. There's no favoritism with God. In fact, we read in Acts 10 and verse 34, that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted by him. Again, that's Acts 10 and verse 34. We may be thinking about injustice in the workplace. Maybe there's some favoritism going on. Maybe someone does the same exact job that you do, but because of their last name, because of who they know, they get promoted to a job that you are more qualified to do. And again, maybe they've been missing work or they haven't been putting forth good effort. You've been there every day. You've been putting forth uh, maximum effort and they get the promotion. And so there's injustice there. Maybe you felt that in the classroom, maybe on the ball field. You may be thinking, or maybe on the court, and you think about a player who's going in and playing who's, who's not really that talented, but because of who they are, they're able to play. And so we understand what we mean by injustice, uh, favoritism, prejudice. There are things that certainly go on in our world today. But we want to think about that from a spiritual standpoint. We want to go to the Word of God and see if we can find some examples of those who had to weather the storm of injustice. If you're somewhere where you can open your Bible, I invite you to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, as we focus on Joseph. Joseph certainly had to weather the storm of injustice. There was a lot of unfairness that came his way. But by looking at his example... Hopefully we can be encouraged as we face injustice today. As we open up to Genesis chapter 37, read about Jacob, who dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And we had the history of Jacob. We read that in verse 2, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. The lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah and his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now notice verse 3. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. 
Also, he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, you'll notice that Joseph was in a bad spot from the beginning, wasn't he? He was shown this favoritism, and that created this ill will of his brothers toward him. And so Jacob, uh, that was not a wise decision by him to do that. And that's a good lesson for us as parents, not to show that favoritism toward one child. But here there was this ill will harbored by the brothers against Joseph. You continue reading, and, and you notice that Joseph has these dreams, and, and he wants to tell his brothers these dreams. And essentially, in the dream, his brothers are bowing down to him. And obviously, this would have made them very upset. And so we, we jump down to verse 12 of Genesis 37. And we read about uh, his brothers going to feed the father, their father's flock in Shechem. And so Jacob said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the, the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. So he sends Joseph uh, to make sure his brothers are doing what they are to be doing. Well, without reading this entire chapter, the, the remainder of this chapter, we find that Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. Now again, Joseph had done nothing wrong, but because of injustice, because of uh, this lack of fairness, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. We now fast forward to Genesis chapter 39, and here we read that Joseph is a slave in Egypt. We find in verse 1 that Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And so we find that the Lord was with Joseph. Uh, he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And so he was able to build a good relationship with Potiphar and make the best out of a bad situation. But now we're going to find that, that Joseph is going to have to weather uh, the storm of injustice yet again. We know that Potiphar uh, was married, and beginning in verse 6, we read that uh, Potiphar had left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. He said, How can I do this great wickedness? And sin against God, verse 9. But notice verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. And so this wasn't something that Joseph had to weather just once. He had to continually fight against this temptation. He's far away from home. He has Potiphar's wife uh, basically throwing herself at him. And yet he is, he's able to weather this storm, isn't he? He, he's, he knows that this is unfair uh, treatment of him, puts him in a bad position, but he did no wrong. But you know what we find out as we continue reading? We find out that Joseph went in to do some work one day, and there's Potiphar's wife. And she came and she tried to force Joseph to sleep with her, and he ran away. But when he did so, she grabbed a piece of his garment. And so it made it look like, he was the one who actually tried to do that to her. And so as she goes and tells this story, once again, Joseph is the victim of injustice. He's thrown into prison. He is accused of trying to lay with Potiphar's wife when really it was the other way around. And so he was wrongly accused. But one thing that jumps out to us is that Joseph stayed the course. 
He could have easily thrown in the towel and said, you know what? Nothing that I do ever pans out right. I'm trying to do the right thing. Here I am suffering wrong for doing right. My brothers have forsaken me. They've sold me into slavery. I've come out here. I've tried to do the right thing. And now I'm being wrongly accused. I haven't done anything wrong. And so he is in the midst of the storm of injustice. We can continue reading about Joseph, and it's really a very, very powerful account. As Really, it carries throughout the rest of the book of Genesis. Uh, as Joseph rises to a position of, of power there in Egypt, and he's able to invite his, his brothers and his family to come and be with him after he's able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. It's a beautiful, beautiful account, and very, very thankful that we have it in Scripture. But we focus on those two chapters primarily to notice how Joseph faced and weathered the storm of injustice. Now you may be wondering, where am I going with this? And I want to share something with you that the first time I heard it, it was just so very powerful. And I hope that this will be uh, encouraging to you. When we read about Joseph and the injustice that he faced, we can also see in that a picture of Jesus, can't we? I want to share with you this chart that I have, and this is not original with me. In fact, I give credit to Mike McDaniel, one of the instructors at the Memphis School of Preaching. He taught us from the book of Hebrews. He he was able to fill in for Brother Bobby Liddell, uh, who was who was sick at the time, and he taught us uh, Hebrews chapters ten and eleven, and he shared with us the typology or the picture of Joseph as a type of Christ. And I want you to notice these similarities as both of them had to weather the storm of injustice. Joseph was the favorite son of his father. Jesus was the only begotten son of his father, John 3.16. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Jesus was hated without a cause, John 1.11 and 15.25. Joseph was rejected because of envy. Jesus was rejected because of envy, Matthew twenty-seven eighteen, Joseph was stripped of his coat. Jesus was stripped of his robe. Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph's brethren thought they had gotten rid of him. Jesus' enemies thought they had gotten rid of him. Joseph's brethren lied about what became of him. The enemies of Jesus secured false witnesses and paid them money to lie about his resurrection. Joseph was tempted, but remained pure. Jesus was tempted and sinned not, Matthew chapter 4. Joseph was lied about and sent to prison. Jesus was lied about and sent to the cross. Joseph offered no defense. Jesus offered no defense, Matthew twenty-six, sixty-two, and 63. Joseph suffered wrong for doing right. Jesus suffered wrong for doing right. Joseph was found alive after it was believed for years that he was dead. Jesus was found alive three days after being crucified. Joseph became ruler and invited his starving brethren to Egypt. Jesus, as the king of kings, invites those who are starving spiritually to come unto him. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 Joseph forgave his penitent brethren. Jesus forgives and pardons the penitent. Joseph was involved with two prisoners. One was saved, one was lost. Jesus was crucified between two thieves. One was saved, one was lost. Finally, Joseph prepared to give the land of Goshen to his people, and Jesus is preparing heaven for us. John 14, 
1 through 4. Maybe you've thought about the, the comparisons between Joseph and Jesus before. Maybe not. Again, I hope this is encouraging to you. It's amazing how you can paint this picture. But when we look at both Joseph and Jesus, we notice that both of them suffered wrong for doing right. Both of them were treated unfairly. Both of them were able to weather the storm of injustice. And so as we bring our study to a close today, I want to share with you three things that we can apply to our lives to help us weather the storm of injustice. Number one, to help us weather the storm of injustice, we need to remember that the Lord is with us as we practice righteousness. The Lord is with us as we practice righteousness. We find in Psalm 119 and 172 that all of God's commandments are righteousness. We read in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7 that he that does righteousness is righteous. And so when we obey the commandments of our God, again, Psalm 119, 172, all of his commandments are righteousness. And when we do those things, we can be righteous. And if we're doing the things that God has given us to do, he's commanded us to do, we're submitting to him, we're obeying him, he's with us as we practice the right things. Notice how many times we read, the Lord was with Joseph. I want to give you these references. Genesis 37, verse 2. Verse 3, verse 21, and verse 23. Joseph was being treated unfairly, but through it all, the Lord was with him. What does that mean for us? Even when we're treated unfairly, when we're standing up for what is right, the Lord is with us. I love Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, one of my favorite passages. Uh, the Lord promises there that he will never leave us nor forsake us, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will not fear the storm of injustice because I'm going to do what's right. And ultimately, if the Lord is on my side and the Lord is with me, I'm not going to worry about anything else. And so to help us weather the storm of injustice, we need to remember that the Lord is with us as we do the right things. But here's the second thought. The Lord knows when we are innocent. The Lord knows when we are innocent. We find in Psalm 1 a contrast between the blessed man and the man who is ungodly. And we find in verse 6 that this, this huge contrast. It says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Did you catch that? The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Remember what we noticed in our first point. We can practice righteousness as we keep the commandments of God, and when we do so, the Lord knows it. The Lord knows when we are innocent. He knows when we are doing the right thing, even if we're being falsely accused by other people. And in the final analysis, isn't that all that matters? That God knows that we're innocent? Regardless of what men might try to say, we know that we're doing the right thing and God knows it as well. I want to share with you some passages from the Psalms. Psalm 34, 15 through 21. Psalm 34, 15 through 21. And notice uh, what we can uh, glean from this passage, the comfort that we can find. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Peter would later quote from this psalm, 1 Peter 3.12, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. And so we can take heart, we can take comfort in knowing that as we weather the storm of injustice, the Lord is with us as we practice righteousness, and the Lord knows when we are innocent. But here's a third and final observation, and again, I hope that this will provide encouragement and strength and comfort for you. The Lord will see to it that the wicked are humbled and the righteous are exalted. The Lord will see to it that the wicked are humbled and the righteous are exalted. One final passage I want to share with you is from Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And I want to encourage you today at some point to take some time and read this psalm all the way through and think about the implications. I want to share a few verses with you. Beginning in verse 1 of Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Jump down women to verses 37 through 40 of Psalm 37. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Dear friend, you may be going through a time of injustice right now. You may be facing a a lack of fairness. It may be coming from all different angles. But know this, in the end, everything will be made right. We just need to make sure we're on God's side. And so again, the three thoughts that we can carry with us from our episode today on how we can weather the storm of injustice, remember that the Lord is with us as we practice righteousness. Remember that the Lord knows when we are innocent. And remember that the Lord will see to it that the wicked are humbled and the righteous are exalted. Let's just make sure we're doing the right things, keeping our heads up and keep on marching forward, striving to be more like Christ every day. I hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm of injustice. Thank you so much and God bless.